Hey guys, Jason Davis here. Uh, with everything that's going on out there in culture, in the school system, especially the public school system, right? And drag shows and everything in between, our kids are under attack daily. And that's why I wanted to tell you today about the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins is really, it's the only books uh, that I know of for kids that really help them develop critical thinking skills about real world concepts, economies, finance, government, freedom, liberty, the free market, how to be self-reliant and outside the system. Right now, we just all have to recognize the world's full of companies and people and politicians that want to expose and influence our kids and in ideas that we don't support. And so that includes school teachers, unfortunately. So Tuttle Twins empowers parents. I encourage you to check them out at TuttleTwins.com or if you go to my website at DontTreadOnLiberty.com and go to Freedom Partners under Tuttle Twins, there is a special offer for you. So DontTreadOnLiberty.com under Freedom Partners. Check out the Tuttle Twins and we do have a special offer for you. Well, let's get back to the show. I hope you enjoy this week. God bless. Fighting back against the left's nonstop attacks on liberty, freedom, and America. America. This is Don't Tread on Liberty. Jason Davis is on the air. Welcome back to Don't Tread on Liberty. Thanks for being here. This is Jason Davis and, of course, a lot going on in the economic world, as always. And there's been a lot of talk about supply chain breakdowns and inflation and hyperinflation. And what does all this mean and what are we supposed to do about it? So I brought in a very special guest today. He's a successful podcaster and author an all-around business and financial expert who just happened to predict the last economic collapse 10 years ago, as well as the 2016 and 2020 presidential elections. It's former attorney Carrie Lutz with us. Thank you for being here. How are you? All right. Hey, uh, not former, recovering attorney. Recovering. Oh, that's even better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into some of these topics of the day, I have to ask you, um, what caused you to kind of give up law and start podcasting? Uh, well, you know, I practiced law for 30 years. I was really a serial entrepreneur. And honestly, I just got tired of the corruption, the inefficiency of the courts, the stupidity. You know, there's a saying if a judge, uh, you know, those who can't teach, those who can't practice law become judges, you know, and if they can't make it being a lawyer, then they become a judge. And that's what we're left with in our courts. And it's a major disaster. And nobody seems to want to fix it because all the interested parties make money from it and it it pays the bills. Or like if you ever read that book, The Bonfires of the Vanities, they called the prisoners marching in the chow because everybody, all the interest of the system feed off of them. They don't feed off of justice being done. They feed off of the actual system's wheels just turning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know what you mean. And the incompetence in government is astronomical. You know, part of the problem is the long term appointments the judges get, not like even the Supremes, they get a lifetime appointment. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a huge problem. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to fix it. So um, let's get to the economy. A a lot of talk lately about inflation. Uh, The head of banks are saying they're starting to talk about hyperinflation coming. Everybody's seeing it at the grocery store, the gas prices and all that. Um, what do you make about where inflation is going and uh, what should we do about it? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I was one of the few who said, you know, you print up all this money and you give it out, especially to people for not working. That is a classic uh, inflation of the money supply. Now, there's what we Austrian ec economists call inflation is a little different. We call that an increase in money supply. And all those numbers now are very opaque. You don't really know what the Fed is doing. What the average person calls inflation is an increase in consumer prices. But we've had inflation for decades and decades in real estate and stock prices, all of this. And really, it's gotten to the point where for the Fed, it's inflate or die. And there's really no choice. And when another sector of the economy tanks, the Fed is there printing up digital dollars to bail them out. So as far as solutions go, I don't really see any. Yeah. And that's an important uh, point that you made. A lot of people do believe, like you said, that inflation is a, a rise in consumer prices. But actually, what it actually is, as you rightly point out, is the fact that they've printed more money, your money is now actually worth less, um, which means it takes more dollars to buy the same product. That's essentially what you're saying, right? Yeah, pretty much. A decline in the purchasing power of the currency unit, which in our case is the US dollar. And it's lost 98% uh, of its value since the imposition of the Federal Reserve in 1913. And, you know, it's just uh, not getting any better. They live to inflate. Right. And like you said, they do it as a matter of survival um, because it's all being propped up by pretty much nothing. So, I mean, where does this end up going? Are we looking for a monetary collapse or, I mean, what is going to happen with this? Well, I really thought the monetary collapse was coming in 08 and 09 during that financial crisis, and it very well might have. But the Fed, as usual, played Lone Ranger, jumped to rescue the banks, and they lived to fight another day. So here we are. Will, will you know, every all fiat currencies, currencies that aren't backed up by a physical commodity like gold or silver, are all, uh, all of them eventually implode and realize their, their uh, implicit value, which is zero. It's just kind of the way it works. Uh, where we are now, uh, being able to make it go out this long for this far is really unprecedented. And it's become a situation of do or die where the uh, world economy cannot function without the U.S. dollar. All right. It will collapse. They keep trying to get off of it, withdraw from it, but they really are unable to. And... You, know, you hear talk of China, their central bank, all this. Well, they're in as bad shape as anyone else. So eventually collapse, yes, but uh, but they're going to keep it, keep the game going as long as they can. Which is probably why they are now making a push to digital currency, um, right? We've heard I've heard them talking about Fedcoin. Um, this is something they want to come and roll out to. And, and as you mentioned, China already doing this, the digital. Wow. Uh, yeah. So with the digital currency, they'll be able to essentially inflate very easily without actually printing dollars. They just type some buttons in a computer, right? Yeah, they'll just uh, basically they do that now, but because they don't really print money, uh, very little currency is actually in circulation. And much of that is outside the U.S., where they still uh, hoard $100 bills. 
the average person in the U.S. walks out the door with like under $50 worth of cash in their pockets. And many of you out there walk out with zero. So uh, the digital currency is kind of here already. The What the um, cryptocurrency, a federal cryptocurrency can do is enable them to put money directly in your wallet and you have to spend it by such and such date. And if you don't, it becomes worthless, in which case you have a real incentive to spend all that money. So, um, yeah, I think it's coming, but uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, there could be bumps along the road. On, along the road, because if the world loses confidence in the dollar, which they are losing it now, there has to be a substitute. They haven't come up with it. I don't know that they ever will. We'll see. The big concern that I have with digital currency is privacy, um, because they'll obviously know and see everything that you buy if that's the only way that you can transact in commerce. Um, and they can even control what you're able to buy, right? Yeah, well, I guess they could uh, just like uh, Amazon or whatever online stores are monitoring your spending and then they send you coupons and incentives. There the incentive is either spend it or lose it. That's a pretty strong incentive. If your dollar bills in your pocket were freshness dated, like a uh, product in the supermarket and beyond such and such a date, you couldn't spend them, you would make sure you spent them. What about supply chains? Um, you know, they keep saying the supply chain's breaking down. This is causing, you know, computer chip shortages, automobile shortages, uh, food shortages. And they're blaming all of this on COVID. I'm very skeptical about that. What, do you, what is going on with the supply chain? That is the uh, $64 trillion question. My gut feel is there's something more going on than just covid it doesn't really explain why why it's persisting. You know, I went by a car dealer, a huge Toyota dealer in Florida yesterday, last night. And at first I looked, I didn't think it was a car dealer. There were no cars in the lot. It was empty, empty. So what I think is that people know inflation is coming. They innately know it. And because uh, there's memories from the last inflationary uh, period, which was back in um, in the 70s. So they're hoarding goods, whether it's real estate, cars, anything else. And I think it's putting strain on the system to keep up with it. But that's just my thought. I can't prove it. I have no proof to that effect. Just something I think could be happening. It almost seems like a lot of these things uh, are being done almost intentionally. Uh, it's almost like as if the government is actually creating these problems coordinated to cause issues on purpose. Um, yeah, well, you know, they, for believing that, you would be labeled a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Maybe, but the policies, as you say, the printing of the money, that's what causes all this. So they have, in fact, created the problem, right? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> You know, there's all sorts of theories as to why and who is behind it. And I don't want you to get blocked on uh, any <laughs> platform here, which I have been in the past. You know, the fact that there are digital overlords there are uh, really standing behind all this uh, and censoring people, whether it's about a certain health issue that has been prominent of the past year and a half, 
or whether it's, uh, you know, the integrity of the way that we choose our leaders. Um, I'm talking in code now. Mm -hmm. Uh, All these things, they seem to really uh, want to uh, back up the powers that be by choking off the flow of information about these very topics. And I was always taught in America, you debate the, uh, you know, you debate the issues and uh, that's how we come to a uh, resolution. But here what's happened is uh, we don't debate the issues and the uh, power elite just do whatever they want. Yeah, that's kind of the way I see it. Um, so you were able to predict, as you said, the last economic collapse under Obama. So what what kinds of things did you see then that allowed you to predict that? Well, I knew that real estate was uh, in a bubble. And I knew it for sure when I was in Vegas uh, for a conference in late 2006, early 2007, and every taxi cab, as far as the human eye could see in Las Vegas, had a a billboard on it that said uh, brand new three bedroom, two bath townhouse, um, no money down, interest only mortgage, $693 a month for uh, interest payments. They didn't talk about HOA fees or anything like that. And at that point, I turned to both my partners and I said, the boom is over because now they can't find enough new purchasers. So they've got to like literally package it in a way and you know no money down real estate purchases for residential is about the worst thing that you could ever do because when the going gets tough those with no skin in the gut in the game take off so i knew the crash was coming then and uh, unfortunately i didn't know how to make money off of it like the guys in the big short did but for the same reasons i knew it was coming and we'd gone a long time without a crash Every 10 years, you know, there's like a real estate crash, give or take. And, you know, I knew that at first I thought this was the end of the game, dollar collapse, chaos and all that. And then I realized after a year or two, no, it's not over yet. And the next collapse is going to be far worse than the last one. I didn't know that COVID, oops, you might want to uh, delete that term there because uh, that flags you on our digital overlords don't like any mention of that. But in any event, I didn't know that there would be a certain health issue that would trigger the next collapse, but I knew it was going to be worse than the one before. And now uh, real estate has been shooting up tremendously uh, over the last year and a half. Um, are, are we approaching a, another bubble here? Uh, it could very easily be. Uh, real estate sales are down dramatically. Uh, what are they going to do? Make it 0% mortgages? Is that what it's going to take to get people to buy homes? Um, the supply is artificially restricted because we've probably got three to 5 million foreclosures that should take place. But uh, that's been been a moratorium on it since, uh, since the uh, outbreak here. And so the supply isn't getting turned over like it's supposed to be. And all these uh, all these little issues here, and you can't evict tenants because you know that's coming to an end. Supposedly, I don't know that it will, but maybe it is. And all those things just kind of tell me that uh, that you know we're probably in a bubble. Mm-hmm. 
And just when you look at the big picture now, I mean, and, and compare that to 10 years ago, do you, I mean, where do you think this is going in the next six to 12 months? Yeah, well, um, as long as you can keep blaming uh, health issues for all the problems of the world, you could just keep printing money and not worry about it. So I think that's the game plan and just keep the stock market going higher. You know, uh, Greg Manorino, great friend of mine, he always says, as the real economy has gotten worse, Wall Street's doing better and better. Now, how can that be? Because Wall Street was supposed to predict the real economy, and now it's supplanting it. You know, something really wrong with that. For sure. Now, you run a financial uh, podcast and a blog, right? Financialsurvivalnetwork.com. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend folks be doing? Is it crypto, gold? What are we talking about? Well, cryptos uh, were interesting. I haven't personally gotten that involved with them. I have a small crypto position, made a couple bucks on them in the past. Uh, I don't think they're the be all and the end all that everyone else seems to think. I think there's certain weaknesses to them. Look, uh, that recent uh, exploit where um, the uh, all of the uh, gas pipelines on the East Coast were shut down by these hackers. Mm-hmm. And Eventually, the FBI managed to get a lot of the money back. So how did they do that? Um, Interesting question here, the ransomware that was paid. So uh, I just see there's technological weaknesses because if everyone's computer is under monitor, you know, constantly, then how are you going to just create a a wallet that nobody knows about? Uh, You know, I just see weaknesses and I see governments not... The one, the biggest power that any government possesses is the ability to print money. And I just don't see the government like giving that one up to a free enterprise. It's like, oh, let's have competing currencies. What a great idea. What could possibly go wrong? So I think there are problems with it and that are not to be recognized. And it's not a tried and true asset class yet. Now, if it gets through the next 10 years, five, 10 years, Without uh, major blips, then yes, it could very well be the answer, which we're seeking, but I'm just not sure it's going to, especially when governments issue their own cryptocurrencies, their own digital currencies. I don't think so. Uh, Precious metals have been manipulated, controlled in many ways for many years, but that could come to an end pretty quickly. That's a good thing. Real estate, I see, especially leveraged real estate, Definitely. And uh, until it goes south, uh, the stock market is obviously the place to be. It just keeps going up and up. And don't forget that old saying, the uh, stock markets climb on a wall of worry. Well, we've had many, many wills of worry over the past couple of years, and the stock market has continued to climb. But at some point, it's not going to climb anymore. And then it will go down like every other market does, bubble or otherwise. And then uh, people are going to have to deal with it. Well, yeah, that's what always happens. Um, people will be riding that in and a lot of people get in late and then, you know, and then it starts to go down and then, you know, nobody wants to get, nobody wants to get out and uh, then it's too late. Um, I remember Bernard Baruch, uh, what he said, I got rich letting the other guy make the last 10%. <laughs> yeah, that's the. That's the old uh, goal for everybody. Buy low and sell high. Yes, you got it. Last question. 
and this is absolutely fascinating to me. You predicted both the 2016 and the 2020 elections. Um, And obviously in 2016, nobody in the mainstream thought Donald Trump had a chance. Um, The polls had him down. All the media was against him. um, And you called it. In 20, the media is always against the the right. So, I mean, in 20, they still were and and things like that. But um, I think the country as a whole... I mean, I don't really know too many people that uh, I don't think I know anybody that thinks Joe Biden ever had a chance to win. <laughs> so so I think it's amazing that you called that. So walk me through that. I mean, how did you know in 16 Trump would win and how did you know in 20 Biden would win? In 16, I knew he was going to win because of the size of the crowds, all of that, his social media engagement. He was just way, way far ahead of Clinton and anyone else. It was just a layup. I knew it. I never doubted it for a minute. In 2020, I thought up until the end, until the last three or four days that he was going to win. And then I read a commentary, believe it or not, by an astrologer. And then it caused me to relook at the whole thing. And then I looked at it. We don't need to get into the specifics because, again, we don't want our digital overlords to uh, take any liberties with your show. But uh, at that point, I just knew he's done, he's finished. And I knew that the legal challenges weren't going to matter. Nothing was going to matter. Once he was declared the loser, it was over. And it took a day and a half to do that. But eventually he was proclaimed to be the loser. And that was that. Game over. So uh, I can't say I knew it. I really thought... But then that last week, I read that uh, analysis, and then I looked at the uh, facts, and I just knew he was going to lose. Now, as you see what's going on throughout the first, you know, seven, eight months here um, in the new administration, what do you predict for uh, the midterm elections and the next time around? Well, it's like you can't predict elections anymore because who knows how they're being conducted, ballot harvesting, all these issues. But if if it goes, you know, the, as the government gets more liberal, the country gets more conservative. And I think that's happening, especially where I live in Florida, in Texas. And you've got like uh, things going on, like in, um, in California, the recall of uh, Gavin Gruesome. And, and then you've got like the total pillorying of of killer Cuomo in New York. So the two uh, superstars of the party. And then the fact that even the general public can see that in States where they end the emergency unemployment benefits, the unemployment rate goes way down in the States where they don't end it. It stays up. Who would, who would think that people will actually uh, stay home and get paid not to work? Who would think such a thing? I mean, we've only seen this with farm subsidies, with all sorts of things. This is what happens when the government gets involved. So by all rights, uh, it should be a route, but nobody particularly likes either party. Uh, I kind of view them as both uh, kleptocratic institutions. It's kind of like you're rooting for uh, John Gotti's family against uh, the other family, the Colombo crime family against the... uh, uh, whatever, um, I can't even remember all the guys, the Columbus, 
and uh, all these crime families. The, our political parties are just crime families, and uh, your wealth is the turf that they're fighting over. And I always go back to H.L. Mencken's uh, famous saying that elections are merely auctions of goods yet to be stolen. And uh, so it doesn't really matter who wins at this point. I think we're so far down the rabbit hole economically, fiscally, and socially. Uh, you know, it's just disintegration setting in. So I don't want to be negative. You know, you have to get tighter with your neighbors, your community, your family. Those are the people who are going to be with you and the people who actually might care about you, maybe, that, uh, that you need to be uh, connecting with and uh, investing locally, buying locally, helping your friends and family, just help them whenever you can, right? I think that's all great advice. And I, I totally agree. Uh, Republicans, Democrats are basically the same, you know, two sides of the same coin, both working together, one side to placate a different group of people is all. So, Carrie, um, how do people find you, listen to your content? Oh, sure. Well, the website is financialsurvivalnetwork.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, on Google Play, and wherever fine, casts, wherever fine podcasts are disseminated. And, uh, and it's all good. Excellent. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on. We really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. And great, great talking with you. Wish you the best. Thanks for listening to Don't Tread on Liberty with Jason Davis. Subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite platform. For more Liberty news, check out www.donttreadonliberty.com and subscribe to the blog or join the conversation. 